Section 10 of Dogmatic Theology, Soteriology, by William G. T. Shedd. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Sanctification The term sanctify, agiazin, is employed in Scripture in two senses. A. To consecrate or set apart to a sacred service or use. John 10.36, whom the Father hath sanctified and sent. Matthew 23.17 the temple that sanctifieth the gold. b. To purify and make holy. 1 Corinthians 6.11 But ye are washed, ye are sanctified. Hebrews 13.12 John 17.17 17, Sanctify them through thy truth. The latter is the sense in which it is taken when the doctrine of sanctification is discussed. The Westminster Shorter Catechism, question 35, defines as follows. Sanctification is the work of God's free grace, whereby we are renewed in the whole man after the image of God, and are enabled more and more to die unto sin and live unto righteousness. Ephesians 1.4 God hath chosen us that we should be holy. 1 Corinthians 6.11 Ye are washed, ye are sanctified by the Spirit of our God. 2 Thessalonians 2.13 God hath chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 The very God of peace sanctify you wholly. 1. Sanctification results from the continuation of the agency of the Holy Spirit after the act of regeneration. a. In strengthening and augmenting existing graces, faith, hope, charity, etc. b. In exciting them to exercise, through reading and hearing the word, the sacraments, prayer, providences, afflictions, and chastisements. Hence it is often called renewing, Psalm 51.10, 2 Corinthians 4.16, Ephesians 4.23, Colossians 3.10, Romans 12.2, Titus 3.5. Renewing or renovation in this use of the term is not synonymous with regeneration. When St. Paul exhorts the Ephesians 4.23 to be renewed in the spirit of their mind, he is not exhorting them to regenerate themselves, but to sanctify themselves. So also with the exhortation to the house of Israel, make you a new heart, Ezekiel 18.31. 2. Sanctification includes the entire man. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 The very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless. Sanctification affects a. the higher rational and spiritual part of man's nature, the pnefma, because this has been corrupted by the fall. Titus 1.15, Romans 1.28, Ephesians 4.18 b. The inferior intelligence, the psuche, c. The body, soma. As apostasy began in the pnefma and affected the other parts of human nature, so sanctification begins in the pnefma and passes throughout the soul and body. A man can control his physical appetites in proportion as he has a vivid spiritual perception of God and divine things. The intuition of the pnefma restrains the appetites of the psuche and soma. If spiritual perception be dim, the bodily appetite is strong. That the higher nature, denominated pnefma, or nous, is depraved, and needs to be sanctified, is proved by Romans 1.28, 12.2, Ephesians 4.17, 2 Timothy 3.8, Titus 1.15, Mark 1.23, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. 3. Sanctification is gradual. We are enabled more and more to die to sin. It is the conflict with and victory over indwelling sin described in Romans 7.14 to 8.28. The 8th chapter of Romans, as well as the 7th, speaks of the struggle and groaning of the still partially enslaved will. 
even we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit grown within ourselves waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body for we are saved by hope likewise the spirit also helpeth our infirmities and maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered romans eight twenty three twenty four and twenty six four the means of sanctification are a internal namely faith galatians five six faith worketh by love hope romans five five hope maketh not ashamed because the love of god is shed abroad in our hearts joy one peter one eight and nine in whom ye rejoice with joy unspeakable receiving the end of your faith even the salvation of your souls peace philippians four seven the peace of god shall keep your hearts and minds through christ jesus the exercise of any one of these christian graces increases the holiness of the believer b external the scriptures john seventeen seventeen sanctify them through thy truth one peter chapter one verses twenty two and twenty three chapter two verse two desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby prayer john fourteen thirteen and fourteen whatsoever ye shall ask in my name i will do it acts two forty two providential discipline john fifteen two every branch in me that beareth not fruit he purgeth romans five three and four hebrews twelve five to eleven the sacrament of the supper acts two forty two they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers five the believer cooperates with god the spirit in the use of the means of sanctification sanctification is both a grace and a duty one corinthians sixteen thirteen watch ye stand fast in the faith quit you like men be strong ephesians six sixteen and eighteen take the shield of faith the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance philippians two twelve and thirteen work out your own salvation for it is god which worketh in you hence sanctification is the subject of a command ephesians four twenty two and twenty three put off the old man and be renewed in the spirit of your mind ezekiel eighteen thirty one make you a new heart and a new spirit regeneration being the sole work of god is a grace but not a duty it is nowhere enjoined upon man as a duty to regenerate himself six sanctification though progressive is not complete in this life one john one eight and ten if we say we have no sin we deceive ourselves philippians three twelve to fourteen brethren i count not myself to have apprehended but i press towards the mark Romans seven eighteen and 23. I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind. Galatians 5, 7. Sanctification is completed at death. The souls of believers at their death are made perfect in holiness. Shorter Catechism 37. Hebrews twelve twenty three. The perfect Jerusalem contains the spirits of just men made perfect. 1 John 3, 2, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. 2 Corinthians 5, 8, absent from the body and present with the Lord. Ephesians 5, 27, Christ loved the church, that he might sanctify it and present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle. 1 Corinthians thirteen twelve. now we see through a glass darkly, but when that which is perfect is come face to face. Matthew 5, 8, the pure in heart shall see God. Revelation 14.13 Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. 7. Sanctification once begun is never wholly lost. 
it fluctuates with the fidelity of the believer but he never falls back into the stupor and death of the unregenerate state larger catechism seventy nine they whom god hath sanctified by his spirit shall constantly persevere to the end and be saved john ten twenty eight and twenty nine my sheep shall never perish neither shall any pluck them out of my hand romans eleven twenty nine the gifts and calling of god are without repentance philippians one six he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of jesus christ one peter one five believers are kept by the power of god through faith unto salvation exhortations to diligence and warnings against carelessness and failure are consistent with the certain perseverance of the believer because a while the certainty is objective in god it may not be subjective in man god knows that a particular man will certainly persevere because he purposes that he shall and he will realize his purpose by the operation of his spirit within him but the man does not know this unless he has assurance of faith many believers do not have this highest degree of faith and hence are more or less subject to doubts and fears exhortations to diligence and warnings against apostasy suit such an experience as this but one who is assured of salvation by the witness of the holy spirit would not require to be warned against apostasy while in this state of assurance b exhortations to struggle with sin and warnings against its insidious and dangerous nature are one of the means employed by the holy spirit to secure perseverance the decree of election includes the means as well as the end now if success in the use of means is certain there is the strongest motive to employ them but if success is uncertain then there is little motive to use them st paul employs the certainty of success as a motive to struggle fight the good fight of faith lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art called one timothy six twelve it must be remembered that salvation is certain not because the person believes that he has once believed in the past but because he now consciously believes if from his present experience and daily life he has reason to think that he is truly a believing christian then he has reason to expect that he will continue to be one cromwell according to the anecdote committed an error in inferring his good estate because he believed that he was once a believer footnote the passage in hebrews six four to six is hypothetical as is proved by verse nine we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation though we thus speak a supposition which is not an actual or even a possible case is sometimes made for the sake of illustrating or enforcing truth in one corinthians thirteen one to three paul supposes the existence of christian faith without that of christian charity in galatians one eight he supposes that an angel from heaven may preach another gospel than the true one in matthew thirteen twenty one and twenty two the stony ground hearer is not a true believer in two peter two twenty and twenty one the dog who returns to its own vomit is a false professor his knowing the way of righteousness is superficial knowledge like that of the stony ground hearer End footnote that sanctification is never lost is proved also by its connection with justification justification naturally tends to sanctification galatians five six faith worketh by love trust in christ's blood of atonement spontaneously impels to the resistance of sin and if there be no struggle against sin it is clear proof that there is no true trust in christ's sacrifice justification supplies the only efficient motive to obedience hence the obedience of the believer is called new obedience because of the new motive from which it springs viz the atoning love of the redeemer it is also denominated the obedience of christ two corinthians ten five gratitude to christ and love of him for the forgiveness that comes through his death are the springs of this evangelical obedience and sanctification
the strongest inducement for a christian to obey the divine law is the fact that he has been graciously pardoned for having broken the law he follows after sanctification because he has received justification he obeys the law not in order to be forgiven but because he has been forgiven two corinthians five four the love of christ constraineth us not to live unto ourselves but unto him which died for us and the love meant is christ's redeeming love two corinthians seven one having these promises of forgiveness let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit because god has blotted out all his past sin the believer has the most encouraging of all motives to resist all future sin had god not pardoned the past it would be futile to struggle in future in two peter one four it is said that the exceeding great and precious promises are given to us in order that by these we might be partakers of a divine nature having escaped the corruption of the world through lust sanctification does not justify but justification sanctifies and there being this close connection between the two sanctification can no more be wholly lost than justification can be the necessary connection between sanctification and justification is taught by both paul and james between whose views there is a verbal but not a logical contradiction paul in romans four four to thirteen assumes that saving faith is living faith and produces works but he says nothing particularly upon this latter point first because his object is to contrast faith and works and secondly because the opponent with whom he was disputing did not claim to be justified by faith of any kind true or false but by works altogether james on the other hand not only assumes that saving faith is living faith and produces works but speaks particularly and emphatically upon this latter point first because he is not contrasting faith and works and secondly because he was contending with hypocrites who claimed that what they called faith alone and faith only and what james calls dead faith is a faith that would save the soul hooker remarks that justification is spoken of by st paul in the narrow sense as exclusive of sanctification but by st james in the wide sense as inclusive of it paul means justification without its fruits james means sanctification with its fruits the former speaks of faith simply the latter of working faith paul describes faith as the antithesis of works james describes faith as producing works footnote the seeming contradiction between paul and james disappears if james is understood to put by metonymy the effect for the cause the work of faith for faith itself when he says that abraham was justified by works james two twenty one and rachel was justified by works james two twenty five he means that they were justified by a faith that produced works or a working faith abraham's work proved that his faith was genuine and therefore might well stand for and represent it it was a work of faith one thessalonians one three shed sermons to the spiritual man sermon nineteen end of section ten